0: If you're tuning in online with us today, we want to say good morning to you as well. It's an honor that you would choose to be here today. Church, can you do me a favor and help me welcome every person tuning in online? We're excited. And uh, if you're with us in person, we are still meeting in the gym currently. They are finishing up the HVAC, getting some heat in that auditorium. We're excited to move in there in just a couple of weeks, but... Uh, I don't have a date for you yet, I I will later, Um, but man, we're pumped, excited that you're here again. If you're here for the first time, uh, we consider it an honor that you would call Propel Church home today. We hope that you find just that, you find home, that you feel welcomed and and get to experience all that God has for you. My name is Pastor Nick Newman, I'm the lead pastor here at Propel, and uh, man, today we are in week three of a message series called System Reset. Turn to somebody and say, reset. Come on, y'all did good. Y'all did good. Y'all good at that. Y'all been practicing. Man, we are in a series called System Reset. and The whole goal is, I don't know about you, but there were plenty of times in 2020 that I was ready to hit the reset button, like I was done, right? You get get to like June, and you're like, I'm finished. People, nope, not doing it, not dealing with it. Then we got to like September, and we were like, I'm definitely done with people. Then we got to November, and it was like... Can you be done three times with people like, I'm finished. I want to hit the reset button. Because the reality is in 2020, there were some things that kind of came up in my life. And I wasn't a real fan of them. I didn't like the person I was becoming. I, didn't, I saw some things and realized that, man, that's rough. But the truth is, it's not 2020's fault. They were kind of in my heart the whole time. They were just things that 2020 exposed. And if you're anything like me, you don't like to be exposed. And so what we've been doing in the beginning weeks of 2021 is we've been hitting the reset button. We talked about in week one how we were going to reset through prayer and fasting. We're in the middle of uh, middle. We're kind of coming on the last week of 21 days of prayer where we're seeking after God for the first 21 days. And then last week we talked about uh, knowing God and what that looked like. Because the vision of Propel is this. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I'm going to have you say it. With me, you ready? All right, in person, you ain't ready yet. Are you ready now? Yeah, Come ready. on. Know God, know God. Find freedom. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Discover purpose. Make, a make a difference. And Last week as we talked about knowing God, we talked about this little guy named Zacchaeus. and how we needed to make the transition from the crowd to Christ. That our hope is that you don't just find church, but that you find Christ. Because if you find church but don't find Christ you missed it. This week I want to talk to you about finding freedom. And the truth is in finding freedom, this is probably one of the most misunderstood parts of the vision that we have here. Because when we look at freedom, we look at it as a singular event. Like it's going to be a one and done thing. But let me just tell you, you will have problems for the rest of your life. You're going to be figuring out that there are some things in your life, there's some ways that you live or some things that you do that don't really reflect the character or the nature of Jesus. And so for the rest of your life, you and I go on this journey of finding freedom. And while salvation is instantaneous, deliverance is a process. There's a process where you and I kind of get rid of some junk and deal with the mess that we have in our lives. And to illustrate that, earlier this week, I decided that I was going to close down some applications on my computer. And I want to show you, this is what my desktop looked like at the beginning of this week. Because what had happened is, I've been working. Like, I'm telling you, 2020, somebody the other week was like, Oh, Pastor, the church went online for like nine months. It must have been a breeze. No. No, I worked more last year than I ever worked in my life. It got busy. I had all these applications open. I had stuff going on. I never realized that my desktop got this cluttered. And for some of you, this gives you incredible anxiety right now. It's okay. We're going to fix it in a second. You may be thinking to yourself, how does he find stuff? I don't. (laughs) I looked at my MacBook and I looked at my desktop and I was like, man, there's just so much stuff there. It got crowded. It got really cluttered. And and so I realized that, man, I need to take some time. I need to put stuff in the right place. There's some things that are out of order that I need to put back in order. There's also some things that I need to get rid of. And so I took a little bit of time, and here's where I ended at the end of the week. Come on. There's just one little folder in the top corner. That's it. It probably ain't going to stay like that. But I at least did the work to clean house a little bit. To get rid of some junk, to get rid of the stuff that had crowded out my space. And the reason why it got so messy is because I just wasn't doing inventory of how it was doing the entire time. Maybe you're not a person who relates to like technology stuff. But if your house is anything like mine, you've got this one room where you throw all the junk in. You got some friends coming over and your house looks like a mess and the first thing you do is you grab all the stuff and you take it and you put it in this one room in the back and you know that you may do a house tour but they ain't never going in that room. (laughs) There's this one space that nobody else can go into and the reason why it's there is because you've got some junk, you've got some stuff that you'd like to keep, you just don't want everybody else to be all up in your business and see it. Our lives are the same way. A lot of times in our heart we've got these little rooms where we take things that we don't want anybody else to see and we kind of sit them to the back. We know we should probably get rid of them. We know we shouldn't keep them around, but we're just going to leave them there for a little while because the convenience of having it if we want it or need it is greater than our willingness to get rid of it. And I came today as I wanted to talk to you about finding freedom to tell you that, man, spring cleaning is going to come in some 20-degree January weather. We're going to get rid of some junk today. I called this message Cleaning House because my hope is that just like my desktop started out cluttered this week, or you may have that room in your house that's covered with stuff, that today you're going to get rid of some stuff. You're going to get rid of some junk that you were carrying, some mess you've been holding on to, so that you cannot just find freedom, but you can walk more free than you came in today. I'm not telling you that by the time we're done, i got 28 minutes and 13 seconds, that you're going to be free of all your issues. It ain't happening. <laughs> I know some of y'all, right? But we can make progress. And progress is necessary for the days that we live in. So if you have a Bible, let's go ahead and we'll go to Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to start out with. This is what Jesus says. He says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the treasure of their heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. To start out in this passage, I don't know if you've ever been like me, but sometimes I'm reading Scripture and there's this concept of bearing fruit. I'm like, that sounds really cool. I don't know what in the world that means at all. You ever read Scripture like that and you'd be like, that's Jesus. I'm super glad you wrote that. Like Those are your words. I don't understand what that means at all. But here's what it means. To kind of give you a common definition of bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is a phrase that's used to describe Outward actions that result from the inward position or the inward condition of a person's heart. So what Jesus is saying is, hey, if you've got some junk in your heart, if you've got some stuff going on in here that's bad, there's no way that you're going to be able to produce good. The fruit that you bear, the things that you do in your life, the stuff that you produce, is going to be a direct result from what lives within your heart. And a lot of times the way we conduct our lives is we start with the outward actions and then deal with the heart stuff later. We start with the results that we can see tangibly, and then we deal with the stuff going on on the inside. But Jesus says when you do that, you've missed it. If you start with the outward actions, you'll never deal with the fact that you're still jacked up on the inside. And the way we live our lives a lot of times is just like that. So what I want to do today is I want to deal with some of the junk that you've got going on in your life. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about heart toxins and heart nutrients. And so I brought a whiteboard because, well, I like whiteboards and I got to teach this week. So also, um, there are two types of pastors, right? There are some I gotta make sure I spell this right. Come on, Whew. two types of pastors. Pastors, there's there's preachers and teachers. A preacher will yell it at you, but a teacher will tell it to you. And, and I'm gonna teach you some stuff today. I, I think you and I can learn a lot from the truth of God's word as we look at kind of bearing fruit. So, if you have a Bible, let's jump all the way over to uh, Galatians chapter five, beginning in verse sixteen. So, Paul is writing this passage of Scripture, and he says this to the church of Galatia. So I say to you, let the Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two opposed forces are constantly fighting each other. So here's the first thing that you and I need to understand as we're looking at this. There is a war going on inside of every single one of us. If you've decided that you wanted to follow Jesus with your life, there's this war between the desires of your flesh and the desires of the Spirit in you. And the reason why a lot of us can't win the battle is because we haven't even identified that there's a war going on. It's really hard to fight a battle if you don't identify that one's there. Paul says it like this, there's things that I don't want that I know I shouldn't do. I just keep on doing them. You ever been there? I'm like, man, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. I know I shouldn't lash out in anger. I know I shouldn't look at that. And I know I, I shouldn't say those things to those people. Or I know I shouldn't talk behind that person's back, and I don't want to do it, but for some reason, I just keep on going back to it. I keep on doing the things I don't want to do. Paul says, yeah, there's this battle. There's this fight that's going on inside of you between good and evil. And truthfully, what you and I are going to realize is that whatever we feed will grow and whatever we starve will die. So some of us feel spiritually weak. It's because we got so accustomed to just feeding our flesh, feeding those toxic things. I'm going to identify those in a second. Paul says there's two forces. They're constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out. Your good intentions. Bad decisions with good intentions are still bad decisions. I don't have time for all that this morning. You ready? Let's keep going. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're no longer under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature. Now this is going to be an important part for you and I to look at. Because Paul wants to show us the trap or the mess that we're going to fall in when we follow the desires of our sinful nature. And so this is what Paul says. Here are those things. He says, The desires of the flesh result in these things sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. You may be going, What in the world is that? Other translations use the term witchcraft. And it, it, what it means is, is it's manipulation. In other words, you don't like the way things are going, and so you're choosing to manipulate the things that are going on around you to get your will every time. So a lot of us will go, we don't dabble in witchcraft. That's another message. So hostility, quarreling, jealousy. Some of y'all are thinking back to the election. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and then at the end of that list, Paul's really clever because he knows that if he doesn't add this one thing, you and I will look at this as an exhaustive list. Meaning, if there's something that, oh, it's not on the list, I don't have to worry about it. Paul says, other. (laughs) He's like, like, hey, I just want to make sure you know this isn't all of them. There's other sins that the flesh produces, but if I don't tell you there's other stuff, you're just going to go, oh, well, I just don't, I don't have hostility anymore. I'm good. He's like, no, you got other junk you need to deal with. Your pride's a big issue. Other sins like these. Then he says this at the very end, let me tell you again, as I've done before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are incredibly hard passages of Scripture to read because if you're anything like me, you look at this list and go, I got some stuff on there. I got some stuff that's on this list, those things that are toxic. And Paul says, if if I live that way, I won't inherit the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That, That doesn't seem like it fits within the narrative of the gospel, but it really does. See, what Paul is trying to show you and I is that, one, there's a difference between committing sin and living in sin. There's a difference. You and I are going to sin for the rest of our lives. Now, we're striving towards perfection to be more and more like Jesus. But I'm going to be honest. There were some times in 2020 where your boy went into some outbursts of anger. All right. Every time I see somebody buy a Tesla, there's a little bit of jealousy. And I'm just saying, if the Lord ever lays it on your heart to buy your pastor a Tesla, that is the Lord and not the devil. <laughs> Listen to that. Obedience is key in following Jesus. There's so many things that we look at this list and we go, man, I've got some of these issues. I've got some of these things that I deal with. Paul says, that's not the thing. It's when you and I choose to live in these. Because a good indicator that you've chosen to follow Jesus is you no longer want to live in this, but you want to live differently. So then Paul continues on. He doesn't just leave us with our mess. That's not the gospel. Paul says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. He says, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces is this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And to move that. Those are the things that the Spirit produces. And as you and I are looking at the tree of our lives, as we're looking at the things that we want to do differently in 2020, I think one of the big things that we have to assess is what we've allowed that's toxic versus making room for the nutrients that God has for us. So Paul continues and he says this in Galatians 5, verse 24 through 25. He said, so since we are living by the Spirit, since we're letting this dictate and guide our lives, what what happens? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross with him. That's beautiful. So I'm going to give you two practical things because I think practical things really help us because we can look at this and we can go, how in the world do we transition from this list over to that one? Here's the first thing. You got to crucify the toxic things. The illustration that Paul gives, the wording that he uses, is he says, Imagine the cross of Jesus for a second. Those who belong to Christ, those who are following him, have decided that they're going to nail those toxic things, those fleshly desires, to his cross. It doesn't say that they're going to nail them to their own cross because our own cross doesn't contain any power, it's his cross. The cross of Jesus is what gives you and I the ability to overcome all sin. Because it's not our works, but it's his completed work. He says, you want to get rid of that stuff? Crucify it. Nail it. I love the illustration of a nail because if you have ever picked up a hammer and a nail, you know it's very rare that you're going to throw a nail in all the way with one swing. So what do you do when you get into the middle of the year and you realize, man, I've got a little more hostility than I anticipated? You pick up your hammer, you pick up the nail, and you go back and you nail it to the cross of Jesus. You continue to crucify it. What do you do when you find yourself on social media continually like stumbling into envy? You pick up your hammer, you pick up your nail, and you go deal with it. Over and over and over again. For some of us, we've been struggling with, with lust and, and impurity. Hey, what do you do? You keep going back to Jesus. You keep nailing those sinful desires to his cross over and over and over again. But Paul says, don't just nail it there. Crucify it. Let it die. Leave it. Other passages of Scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Paul says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Put it to death. Kill it. Get rid of it. Do whatever you've got to do to eliminate the toxic things in your life. Because if you don't eliminate these things, they will block the flow of the good things. If you don't eliminate what's toxic, you don't have room for the nutrients. You don't have room for the Spirit to work in your life because the Spirit of God is holy. He's pure, and He doesn't operate coexisting with sin. That's why when you kill sin, the Spirit increases in your life. You're fighting that battle that's going on within you. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Jesus tells the, the people in Matthew, Hey, flee from sexual immorality. Run as fast as you can from it. A lot of us don't flee from it. We flirt with it. So like, so like we see, okay, look. They disagree with me politically. So like how much quarreling, how much fighting can I get away with? And so we go into, like, social media with our fists already raised. And here, I'm just going to promise you, if you go up with your fist up onto social media, you're going to find a fight. Because there's other people who are ready as well to quarrel and fight with you. But Paul says that's not the life of a believer. The reason why a lot of people who don't go to church struggle with Christianity and a lot of people who who look at... uh, followers of Jesus and they go man I don't I don't really want to follow Christ if that's what it looks like is because we've grown too accustomed to just living in this stuff and we flirt with it rather than flee from it and rather than dealing with our own sin and dealing with the fact that there are issues that are going to pop up consistently we go how much how close to the line of sin can I get the goal of following Jesus is not to figure out how close to the line we can get but to see how close to Christ we can get. And in doing so, we become more and more like his image. Because as you grow closer with Jesus, it doesn't produce this. It produces love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When's the last time you went to fight with somebody, you were quarreling, and you ended up with peace? You don't. When's the last time you were stuck in in envy and in jealousy, looking at how other people were living their lives and you were reminded about just how faithful God was? You don't. So you kill this stuff. You get rid of it. Don't make excuses for it. That's why I love love the body of Christ and I love accountability. I love God's people. I love doing life with those people. I've got people in my life. I've got overseers which are... uh, Three lead pastors of other churches, they watch over me. They, they look after the condition of my soul, really. And we talk very candidly all the time. I call them whenever people make me mad. I call them, call them when I'm happy. Because accountability doesn't work if the only time you talk to people is when you're upset. right? It's both ways. Like I, tell, I celebrate the highs and the lows. I was talking to one of them the other day, and I, I made an excuse. And he said, hey, one of the things you taught me years ago is that the excuse only satisfies the teller. I was like, Stop. Don't need to hear that today, right? Not feeling that. But really, if you're looking for an excuse, it's going to be real easy to find one, especially in 2021. You can find whatever excuse you want, but there's no excuse for a follower of Jesus that justifies living in sin. We have to kill it. James 4, 17 says this. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it's sin. Sin first begins in our mind. And so when we know the things we should stop doing and continue to do it, it's sin. Yeah. So, so, like, for those who are struggling with pornography, you know there's things that you're looking at and there's places that you're going. And you know you shouldn't be going there, but you choose to do it anyways. Crucify that thing. Right. Hey, if your biggest struggle is that you look at stuff when you're home alone, it's real easy. Quit being home alone. Right. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, well but I don't want to, like, like that, that really, inf- like, it gets in the way of how I want to live my life. How free do you want to be? Because yeah. that's the question for a follower of Jesus. How much toxins are you willing to let cut off the flow of the Spirit in your life? Because when Scripture refers to the Spirit, it talks to it about as water. The Spirit is water all throughout Scripture, but it never calls it a lake. A lake is stagnant. A pond is stagnant. It calls it a river because its desire is to flow. These cut the flow off. Kill it. You're struggling with envy or jealousy every time you open up Instagram? <laughs> Close Instagram. <laughs> it's not as hard as we make it. We just kind of like it. Because I'm, I'm telling you if, you, if you're sinning and you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Okay? But you are made for more. So we're going to crucify those things. Here's the second thing. We're going to pursue the nutrients. Jesus tells A story, it's somewhere in Matthew. I have to find it. Um, But he talks about demon possession and how to remove a demon. I know, you're like, where in the world is this going? I promise it's, it's relevant. When Jesus does that, he says, when you remove a demon, it's really important that you fill that house with something. Otherwise, what you remove comes back seven times stronger. If we kill off the toxic things in our life and don't fill them with the things of God, your struggle will come back seven times stronger than it did before. So it's not enough to just kill the toxic things. We have to pursue the nutrients, which is to pursue a relationship with Jesus. Because as I pursue God, I'm growing in my love, my joy, my peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I need to pursue those things. These things are not things that I create. These are all things that that we do. These are things that are a part of who God is. Notice that in Galatians 5, he said, these are the fleshly desires. These are the results of what happens when we follow our flesh. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Meaning without the Spirit, I don't get this stuff. Without seeking after God, I can't properly love. I can't have joy fully and peace that sustains past my circumstances. There's so many things that we have to do. So we have to kill the toxic things, pursue the nutrients. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says this, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Some of the reasons why we're stuck with toxic things is because of the people who we're running alongside of. It says to pursue those things alongside of other people who are also calling on the name of the Lord. Because you are a product of the environment you're in, whether you like it or not. So we need to assess our friends. We need to make sure that the people who are in our life are pursuing those fruits of the Spirit, are chasing after God. And I know some of you are thinking, Well, Pastor, but i got friends who don't know Jesus and I want to be a good influence. I'm not saying that's wrong. I think that's a great thing to do. However, if you end up sinning as a result of trying to reach them, that is never the intention that God has for you. God didn't call you to sacrifice holiness to try and reach people and save them because you can't save them at the end of the day. He says, "Let the standard of your life show that you love God and serve Him wholeheartedly." 1 Timothy chapter six, verse eleven through twelve, says, "But as for you, O man of God," this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy's the pastor of the church, and he's needing this reminder. Flee from these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. Love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. I'm just going to tell you in 2021 and beyond, if you want to win the war of the thing going on within you, that battle between your flesh and your spirit, you're going to have to throw your hands up and fight. You may, Look, I, I tell you what, I'm holy, but I'm hood at the same time. Like I will swing. No problem. You got to be willing to fight. This thing. Because if you approach your relationship with God passively, you're just gonna get stuck. You gotta throw your fists up and be ready to fight the enemy, because I promise he's gonna come after you. He ends that passage of scripture. He says, So take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I love that last part in the present, the confession. In the presence of many witnesses, because I think a lot of times there's this thing that we say we want to do. There's this way that we want to live our life. But what we say and what we live are two totally different things. And so what Paul is reminding Timothy is, hey, you made this confession about who you wanted to be. You entered into this new year and you said, there's some things that I don't want to do anymore. But you need to make sure that you told the right people that. Because that's what accountability really is, and that's why I think the body of Christ is so important. Accountability is not where you and I sit in a room and we talk about how bad we feel because we sinned this week. That's not accountability. That's just poor theology. The accountability is you predetermine the standard that you're going to live your life by, and when I see you living outside of that, I remind you of the standard that you've already determined. I go, hey, you said you wanted to be a person of peace, but on social media I see you keep you keep commenting and trying to fight with everybody who disagrees with your opinion. Hey, you were made for more than that. Hey, hey, I, I see that, that, you know, look, I'll tell you this. Um, on my phone, I have accountability software. And I gave it to the people who have the ability to fire me. <laughs> you know why? Because I want to be free. And I want to live Pure. And so every week people get, they get reports of everything that I look at on my phone, everything I watch, everything I do. Why? Because I want to be free. Because I want to live free. And I want to make sure that the people who I allow to speak into my life actually have influence. They can hold me accountable. Here's the last thing if you're taking notes. A little bit of toxin pollutes the entire tree. The reason why Jesus is talking about the tree and why it matters. It's because he says that a good tree will produce good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. And a lot of times for us, we've allowed just a little bit of this to enter into our life. It's kind of like that room that we have at the back of our house where we've just got something that we really want to hold on to. We don't want to get rid of it just yet. But it's also a room that we won't let Jesus touch you may have identified that there's some things on this list that you're like yeah I'd like to get rid of those at some point but like right now it's the only thing that I feel like is getting me through it I was talking to somebody the other week and I was challenging them because they've given me that platform in their life to hold them accountable and I said hey what you're posting on social media no it's not good Why are you fighting with people all the time? Why are you so aggressive? It doesn't communicate the love of Jesus. And they said, in all honesty, right now, it's the only way I know how to cope with all the mess that's going on. But I'm telling you, if you'd start letting Jesus into those areas, if you'd start killing this stuff and making room for it, you can have peace. I'm just going to tell you, our world, 2020, some of y'all think 2021 is going to be the best year, and I pray to God that it is for you. But COVID ain't going anywhere. Our world is forever changed. There is no going back to the way things used to be. It's different. It takes 21 days to form a habit. You spent three months in your house. The way you think is different. I walked into Walmart the other day, and I was like, man, there's a lot of people in here. I ain't never done that in Walmart before. There's always people in Walmart. But it changes the way we think. changes the way we approach life. And so rather than trying to fix the world because we can't, let's focus on us. Let's deal with our mess and the toxic things that we got going on in our own life. And we kill these things so that we can make room for God to do the work in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what the world wants. They don't know how to get it rather than you pushing people away from Christ. 2021 is the year where you live your life and it's an example. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 says, Your boasting isn't good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough? Other translations say a little bit of yeast leavens the whole batch. If you've ever made bread before, I haven't, but I had to learn about it because I was going to teach you this verse. <laughs> you know, that it doesn't take a whole lot of yeast to make bread. And in fact, when you put the yeast in the dough, it spreads throughout the entire thing. Doesn't take a whole lot. But the moment that yeast enters the batch of dough, it changes what that batch is going to do from that point forward. Paul says the same is true with sin. You just let a little bit in, it will pollute the tree. It will get in the way and cut the flow off for what God wants to do. Not just in you, but also through you. Because the best part about a good tree producing good fruit is that other people get to enjoy that fruit as well. So today, my challenge for you, is I think a lot of us got some stuff that we need to deal with. We need to clean house and remove. For just a second, will you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm gonna walk you through a prayer where all of us are gonna get rid of some junk. But before I do that, I believe the first thing that you need to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When Paul said that we crucify our sins to his cross, that is the only way that you and I truly experience freedom from sin. And so if you're here today and you need to begin a relationship with Jesus, whether you're watching in person or or you're here in person or you're watching online, Today, I want you to just boldly lift your hand up and say, hey, that's me. I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. I see that. Here's what we're going to do, church. Nobody prays alone. We're all going to pray together. Will you say this out loud with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I can have new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a second. I would venture to guess that there's a lot of us who saw some of the things that we struggle with on that list today of toxins. The good news of Jesus Christ is that you don't have to leave carrying those same things that you came in with today. But if you'd say, hey, I saw some things on that list that I want to kill today. Here's what I want you to do in just a second. I want you to lift your hand and say, I want to kill those things. And then I'm going to pray over you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, "That's me. I want to get rid of some stuff." Come on, all around the room. Even if you're online, throw that hand up. Amen. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you, and I'm going to give you the opportunity in the middle of that prayer to confess whatever those things were. So Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you for every person who made the decision today that there's some things that they want to crucify. There's some things that they want to kill off and get rid of. So Lord, right now we repent of our sin and and I want you to declare it by name. Call it out by name and say, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness for this. Today, Lord, we declare that those things are crucified. And right now, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill every place of emptiness that was there in our life from where we were stuck in those fleshly desires. is now filled with your Spirit so that we can walk in fullness and in wholeness with you. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen.